Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! joining you on a – it'll be a Sunday evening. We'll, we'll call it Victory Sunday with uh, the men and women basketball teams both winning, so we'll put this up just as soon as we get done. Uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in wherever you're getting podcasts from over at supertalk.fm or wherever you, you are finding podcasts. We appreciate you tuning in. And it is uh, as we speak – if you're if you're listening on a Monday morning, it is Veterans Day, is it? Is it not? Eleven <laughs> Eleven, right? So, we always give a shout out to our our men and women serving this great country across the world. But we especially on this day want to thank y'all. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Turner's Mineral. I believe yes, Joel T. Caramel macchiato, yes. Skim milk, yes. Hold the bean. That's what the circle with the hold the. You don't like the chocolate covered espresso bean? I, I get it if Katie's with me because she'll eat it, but I won't. I won't. All eat right. It, here's so. how this is going to work. Next time, if you know you're coming to see me straight from here, get it because Jennifer wants it. My wife will take it. So you're just going to hold a bean here for a couple hours? I put it in my car. A couple hours? What are we doing here? We don't have that much to talk about. Well, sure. This isn't a rumblings. I don't. I don't want the the poor little bean to melt in your car. And make it's like mess. sixty degrees outside. Okay. Just get the bean. I'll get the bean. I'll get the bean. I, I, by the way, when I was coming out the door, uh, someone was pulling up to get gas, and I I wonder if it was a listener. They seemed pretty excited to see me. They waved. I waved. Mm-hmm. We, we we were smiling at each other. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, I I had no idea who it was. So if it was a listener, great to see you over there, Strange Brew. Uh, I was coming to record this show so that you would have a show today. And then again, if it was somebody I actually knew and I just couldn't tell it, uh, I feel like an idiot. Yeah, but they I don't. feel like an idiot most days. Yeah, that's so. a, you shouldn't you shouldn't that's shouldn't worry about those kind of things. So anyway, yeah. So anyway, Strange Brew Coffee House, good coffee. Uh, and of course, we want to thank our other sponsor, College Corner. Check them out at either one of their two locations: uh, College Corner at the uh, location in Ridgeland at, by Fleet Feet, or by the Half Shell in uh, Flowood. Get set up with the best MSU gear. If you haven't made the trip over there already to get ready to come up here for the Alabama game, you should do that this week so you don't have to wait in line. You don't have to waste your time up here in Starkville. You can get straight to the tailgate, straight to the junction, straight to the game, and be ready to roll with the great stuff over at College Corner. Also shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Mississippi State and Alabama head into that game this weekend. State has the better November record. Just saying. Facts only on this podcast. No doubt. No doubt. Mississippi State. One team headed up. One team is undefeated in November. The other team is not. Simple. It, it is simple as that. I mean, yeah, and a, moment, a thousand point difference in the momentum, in the winning percentage. Momentum plays into that for quite, no good question about Wait, it. Wait, that's right. that's wrong. Actually, Alabama. Well, they were off the week before. No, no, they so have they have they have, they have a zero 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 winning percentage. They are zero and one. Month. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh Let's talk. Uh, we'll talk some basketball in the second part of the show because we need to, to catch up with what happened over the weekend. But uh, not really things that are true, but just some things I want to point out coming. I guess they, they're sort of things that are true uh, about this game coming. This is officially the start of a, of the season for Mississippi State, in my opinion. The season starts today, and you know you got three games left. If you have a winning season, you're gonna go to a bowl game. It's, it's no different than when the season started back in. In, in September. You're going to go to a bowl game and your coach can kind of take a breath. Right. You have a losing season, uh, you, you got some issues there. Yes. You're going to have some issues there. Uh, and I, the last two times Mississippi State has entered November in this sort of situation, uh, or I guess went to the last three needing two wins to get to a bowl, they did it. Um, I'll take that back. No, I'll take that back. They needed In 2011, they needed one win, and they got it. In 2013, they needed two wins, and they got it. In 2015, I guess they technically they needed two wins, and they didn't get it, but they still got to a bowl. Um, 
No chance for that this year. And, and, and just to be clear on that, there is no chance for that this year. Uh, State would be, I think they said, third in the uh, – or they would be at least at best behind Ole Miss. They would be behind Ole Miss in the pecking order of APR. So if State's 5-7, and seven, it means they lost to Ole Miss. So in that instant – and obviously Ole Miss would have beaten State head-to-head. So if both teams are 5-7 and seven and there's an APR bowl available, it's going to Ole Miss. So it's 6-6 it's six and six or bust for Mississippi State, which I'll be honest with you, you tell me if you think I'm wrong, I think that's what State fans would want. I don't think people want to deal with the 5-7. and seven. I don't you, think people would buy tickets. I think it would just be a Well, bust. that's what I was going to say. I mean, if you, if you have a chance to go to a bowl game, you go to a bowl game because you get the extra practices, right. you get all that. But, but from a are fans going to buy tickets and go to the bowl game perspective, if you're 5-7 and seven and you lose to Ole Miss and everybody's ticked off, nobody's going to that. I think that's what saved the 5-7 and seven bowl game t- uh, three years ago, was that you crushed Ole Miss and you had a lot of positive feelings. Aside from the fact, too, that some of those five and seven games you just kind of get stuck in, like the timing of it is awful. Yeah. Like, such as the St. Petersburg playing the, the day after Christmas. After Christmas. Nobody, playing, everybody's playing got Christmas plans. At 10 a.m. Central. <laughs> I, I will never forget having to call Stagger in and asking them, Do you op- are you going to be open? Because it's 10 a.m. I ate wings at like 10 15 in the morning. Because, you know, what else are you going to do? Um, Could have stayed at home, watched the game. With my, with my wife and kids? Yeah. Have you met them? They <laughs> I wanted peace. I wanted to be able to watch the game. True. Uh, for state, obviously, you know, going into this Alabama week, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm going to ask Joe Moorhead later today when we talk to him, or later on Monday when we talk to him is, what what is the underdog mentality? What is it to you? How do you coach a team when you when you play a game that nobody thinks you're going to win? And you can give me the whole, you know, well, you know, all that matters is what we say. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's bull. And that's what he'll say, but it's bull. Because the players know, too. They know. It's not zero. It's not zero. We've, we've discussed that before. Yeah. It's not a zero percent, but it's small. And they know that. They're smart enough to know that. So I want, I'm interested to know how Joe Moorhead, how, what is his approach? What is his thought process about being an underdog? What is his underdog mentality? If I'm him, my underdog mentality is just let it all hang out. Who cares? You know? I mean, I was sitting out there uh, as I was waiting on you to get here listening to the Dolphins and the Colts a while ago. You got the one in seven Dolphins. What sport is that? Yeah. That, that pro Foot, football? I yeah. don't keep up with that. Football, American. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Dolphins sitting there on, on fourth and I think it was like fourth and goal from the from the three or four. They ain't kicking a field goal. They're going for it. Who cares if they get it or not? Right. You know, kind of deal. Because with, with Miami, LSU, who cares? Sort of. Yeah, I mean, th- th- yeah. If you have a, you know, if you're near midfield and it's fourth and short, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. If you have, uh, if you're inside the 10-yard line, um, go for it. Uh, you're not going to win this game kicking field goals. No. Alabama, I mean, two is going to torch you a few times. That's going to happen. Um, to me, that's what it is. It's just go out there and let it all hang out. Um don't be afraid to lose because you're probably gonna. I mean, <laughs> you might as well go out there swinging, you know. And yeah. and if you land a couple haymakers and all of a sudden you get in the second half and, and you have a shot, well, there you go. Um, I think that's how you have to coach this game. I mean, maybe that's just an elementary way of looking at it from a guy that doesn't make millions of dollars to coach it. But I think you go into this game um, kind of like if you're the basketball team that just stinks and you know you're going to get killed, you might as well throw up some threes and see if you hit a few. And, and can stay in it. Uh, I just, I think you got to go in aggressive and let the chips fall where they may. And if you end up getting your butt whooped, well, everybody kind of thought you were going to anyway. 
Do we see two of this week? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think for a little bit anyway. I, I, I think you will see him for a little while. I think first chance, you know, if Bama pulls away, gets up three three scores or so, I think maybe at that point you you take him out of the game. This would be a game where Bama's a three-touchdown uh, favorite, right? I would be – Came out just today, 21-point favorite. I'd be yes. a little hesitant to uh, to take that um, because I think if Bama gets up by just a little bit, they're going to kind of pump the brakes a little bit, get two out, that kind of thing. Um, of course – there again, that's kind of assuming that State can score on Bama. Yeah. Which may be dangerous to assume. Um, but I think after he plays this, this past weekend, I mean, you have to see him for a little while in Starfield, don't you? First quarter, anyway. I till, think you want to try to give him a little sharp. Get a little yeah. lead. Yeah. But, you I mean, that, that's a risk. He was limping at the end of that game. Yeah, yeah. You know, Saturday. Now, Alabama does have the, the fortune of the next week they play the, the week 12 cupcake. I don't know mm-hmm. who it is off the top of my head. It doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. But they have that, you know, basically what they could do is play Tua for the half and then give him another half and then another. They could not, not play him at all next week. And then he's ready to go for the Iron Bowl for them. Um, if, if there's any kind of iffiness with him, though, I mean, I don't think there's oh, any harm in it. I mean, yeah. how does it – does it – it changes your outcome a little bit. But, I mean, if you told me today, hey, Tua's not going to see a snap and start for on, on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. I mean – I've still, got, I've still got Bama winning this game pretty easily. What about State on the, on their side? Do you think Moorhead will let us know which way State's going for quarterback? If recent history is any indication, most times he does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know we had that week or so back towards the beginning of the year when he was kind of talking about holding his cards close to his vest kind of thing. But I think if he knows for sure on Monday that it's Tommy Stevens or Garrett Schrader, mm-hmm. I think he will tell us. I think. Um We'll see. He he's been pretty open about that kind of stuff to this point. So so I, I think if if I'm guessing, yeah, I think he he names a starter on Monday if he knows. Mm-hmm. I think he does know. I think it's gonna be Tommy Stevens. I, it's what I you would tend guess. to agree. Yes. Okay. And I'm okay. I mean, I think that's who you go well, with. Don't you, if don't he's you have to? You, but you have to play Schrader at some point. You have to find some packages for him to get in, don't you? Don't you have to do that? I mean, I. Being realistic about this, there's probably going to come a point in this game where we're down, like I said, well, I'll go three or four scores, yeah, and, and at that anyway, point you just put him in and, and let him have it. Yeah, you know, right. maybe, maybe one guy's playing the first half, one guy's playing the second half. That's not what, yeah. There's no wrong answers for what Mississippi State wants to do uh, in this game. Even though there's no games to be uh, talked about, we will, uh, we will talk about something important right now. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. No MSU stuff, although it was got it got close Friday night. I was I was I was on the verge of it. I thought. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, around the SEC, we got some options. But I, I think that there's a clear winner here. I think there is a clear winner, and that is our good friends at Arkansas, who have done what needed to be done, did did what needed to be done, and that is Chad Morris is no longer the head coach at the University of Arkansas after their humiliating. Uh, defeat at the hands of Western Kentucky that somebody on this show told you was going to happen. What a day for you. I'm sure we'll get to that before this is over. <laughs> My hand's been cramping like this all day. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk more about that tomorrow, I guess. Um, but Arkansas, that that's maybe the – I'm willing to say they're the worst team in SEC history. 
I mean, I'm talking in modern SEC history. I would put them up against any of the Vanderbilt teams. Houston Nuts' last team towards the end at Ole Miss well, they, was but pretty the, bad. They but. straight gave up. There was still talent on those teams. The next year, Freeze had them at six and six. That's true. Whoever takes over for Arkansas, they will not be six and six next year unless something really unusual happens. Um, they're as bad as Jackie's last team was, which also gave up. Had talent, but gave up. Um, yeah, they're just awful. They're, they're they're painful to watch, and for them to lose to their former quarterback like that, that kid has to. I mean, not just lose, get destroyed. I would have strutted off that field in a way that made Ric Flair envious. I wouldn't have. I'd have gone over. To, I'd have gone over to uh, Chad Morris and done the Flair handshake, just put it on, then smoothed my hair back, then walked on off, and then like that's it, brother. That's. I, I, it would have been the the pettiest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it, it would have been so petty if, if that had been me. So Arkansas is an easy choice. Poor Chad Morris, you know, now he gets $10 million to not get criticized and Ten all that other stuff. $10 million. million. Wow. Brian, if somebody wants to pay me $10 million, if you want to can me and give me $10 million to never be on Thunder and Lightning again, yeah, it'll hurt for about five seconds. Yeah, and, uh, but then you've got $10 million. Then I'll be okay. You'll be just fine. Uh, looking here at the AP poll for my, uh, my national uh, pick of the week. Don't see how I can't pick Penn State, to be honest with you. Uh, and shout out, I, I tweeted about it on Saturday. Shout out to the, whoever runs the Minnesota football Twitter account. Kudos to you, sir or madam, uh, because you're played somebody. I'm still thinking about that tweet. That is so good. They they had that locked in, ready to roll. I must have missed this. What, what happened? So all week, everybody's like, oh, Minnesota's undefeated, but they haven't played anybody. They haven't played anybody. They haven't played anybody. As soon as they, they put the final score infographic out, it just said, played somebody. Loved it. <laughs> Loved every second of it. Minnesota, they looked really good. Not, can they beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game? No. But are they likely to go 11-1 and and play in the Rose Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. And P.J. Fleck is going to be a guy who has his pick of jobs very soon. Don't think he'll, I don't know that he would go in this cycle. Arkansas, Florida State. The only job that could open up that would that would, right off the top of my head. First off, if I'm USC, I'm calling him before I'm calling Urban Meyer, because you get the wins without the controversy. But I don't think that's going to happen. Would he be interested in Auburn if Malzahn were to to be pushed out or just decided he was it's ready he's ready to take the Arkansas job? That's the question. That's a that, PJ Fleck versus Saban would be a very interesting kind of matchup. Two those two guys couldn't be any more opposite. Yeah. Did you watch any of that game? Penn the Minnesota? State? Watch most of it. Yeah. Did you see little PJ Fleck? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he was great. That was, <laughs> was great. Yeah, I like PJ Fleck. He's a good coach, a good motivator, and that that program they're fun to watch too. Their their offense is deceptively simple. But Penn State, on the other hand, they looked awful. They just did not look they didn't look like a good team at all. Something about being that four spot and then going on the road, Texas AM will tell you about that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just not what you want. So uh yeah, Minnesota, all they gotta do is win out and they will play. If Minnesota wins out, and then they can somehow beat Ohio State, I don't think they can. But if they could, are they in the playoff? I think absolutely. Aren't they? Why would they not be? Well, they're currently ranked seventh. They'd have to jump. I mean, I'm just. I'm right now. LSU's in. The SEC champion is in. Clemson is in because they're going to win the ACC. And then it's you know those other two spots. And if I guess an undefeated Big Ten champion is going to get in, but can you imagine Minnesota? And then who's the fourth team? Then it's probably Alabama, to be totally honest with you. Or maybe Oregon. 
Oregon, Oregon to me is, is so interesting. They are the litmus test of should you schedule tough games. If Oregon goes 12-1 and but doesn't make the playoff, you should never schedule a tough game ever. Because yeah. yeah. if they had just played a nobody and beaten them, they'd be in. They'd be in. But because they played Auburn, they're not going to get in. I guess if you're Alabama, though, now you're the biggest Minnesota fans in the world, right? If you're an Alabama fan, you are cheering for Minnesota. You're cheering for Utah, I think, over Oregon. Uh, you're cheering for Oklahoma over Baylor. Baylor is the other team in this. They're, they're they're ranked twelfth. I don't see how. I don't think Baylor. Even I don't think. think if they I don't think they can get in. Yeah. I don't think they can get in, even if they're undefeated. I don't think they can get in. So, but Penn State is our no no coffee for Penn State. You know, they don't they don't. It's for closers. There's no other way to look at it. Mississippi State basketball almost didn't get any coffee on Friday night. Uh, they needed some coffee. They yeah, needed they something need to something. get them going, and they didn't really find it until about three minutes left to go in the game. Uh, whereas Mississippi State finished down eight at the time with three minutes and 53 seconds left. I would say they got their caffeine boost somewhere around the, the under-14 timeout that Ben Howland took because from then on it was 33-6. So, uh, That's true, but they, you know, they, they were cutting into the lead, but you weren't sure they were ever going to be able to go all the way with that's it. That's true. It's a 17-point lead at that point. You're like, that's, that's tough. But they finish on a 17-0 run uh, and absolutely dominate the final moments of the game and are able to get a – basically able to turn what would have been a, an ugly, ugly loss. The kind of loss that I'm not saying there are a lot of fans coming, but I am saying what fans were going to come would have been turned away kind of loss to you're still winning. You're 2-0. and yeah. Sometimes you just got to win. Is this, a thing, is this a thing that's true? This team is just going to struggle like this until Nick Weatherspoon is back. <sighs> Probably, but you and I talked about this on Friday night a little bit. State even last year was was a team that frequently dug itself a little bit of a hole. It did. They uh, something about these Ben Howland slow starting teams. I, I I don't know if that's just coincidence or or what the, what the issue is there. But uh, I don't know what I don't know what this team's going to be till Nick comes back. Yeah. It, they've got to Howland hit on some of this in his post game presser. They've got to get more out of like Iverson. Uh, Iverson's got to play a little more yeah. than he did. Um, he only got in, I think, between ten or fifteen minutes in that in that game on Friday night. Dang Tyson Carter sat for all of twenty six seconds. That's, I think I mean, he had thirty nine minutes and twenty four seconds of action. That that's they've got to find, gotta find a way him. to rest he, him. He can't play forty minutes a night. Not he just can't. I mean, that said, what, what was it? Stansberry's last year. They didn't play anybody on the bench. Remember, like Moultrie, Sydney. Bost and Hood. Maybe not Sydney because he was never in shape. But who was the other guard on that team? I don't remember. <sighs> I have to go back a little. But basically, they had four guys playing like thirty six minutes. J- Steele was a Rick Ray dude later on, right? Yeah, yeah. J- no, no. Jalen Steele was a Stansberry recruit, but he was not starting at that time. I have to. I have to go back and look. But regardless, you can't have guy. You can't do that. You'll just wear him out. Yeah. What but- the, the thing? I, the the. Vic Schaefer made this point when he was talking about uh, Jordan Danbury. That you don't just ever realize how, you know, you can snap your fingers and bam, I got 12, 13 more points back in the lineup. That's what happens when Nick Weatherspoon appears. You just you're just gonna add twelve points per game. Well, I think Nick adds a little bit more of a driving uh, a driving to the rim. And you you said something about that yeah, on Friday. I think that when he's back that you add a little different component to your offense. Because right now, 
until the last five minutes of that game the other night, I don't know, maybe a little bit before then, I mean, State's offense, which it has been this at times under Allen, was stand around, stand around, stand around, pass it, pass it, pass it, shoot a three, miss it. There were times where there was like, literally nobody under the bucket. Yeah. Um, and then, then Tyson Carter started driving to the rim a little bit, and that was kind of when it seemed like things started to click for State. Um, I... I feel like State's offense does work a little better when you have that dimension of a guy, whether it's Tyson or whether it's Nick when he comes back or whether it's, you know, Iverson when he's playing or whoever. I think they do need to – they've got to get a little more active on offense and, and drive to the rim a little more and things and, and allow Reggie Perry to be able to clean up, you know, get get some offensive boards and putbacks and things. Um, the, the whole stand around and pass it around the perimeter and eventually – Heck, there was a point the other night when, when State had taken seven threes, and three of them came from either Keyshawn Fazell or Reggie Perry. Yeah. That, that can't happen. Where you got, you know, half your long-distance shots coming from Fazell and Perry. That, that just can't happen. Right. Um, they, they, they've got to find some kind of formula offensively, and I think they did kind of, of get to that um, a little bit towards the end of the game the other night. Um. They kind of got out in transition a little bit more, um, scoring in transition and stuff. That was something you didn't see earlier in the game. Um, they kind of looked a little more like what you thought they were going to look like there towards the end. The problem was it was almost too late before they figured that out. Yeah, Maybe that was something that kind of clicked for them that they can now watch on film and see this is how we have to play and it will benefit them going forward. But, yeah, right. it was – And they've and Carter's a guy who can do that. And so yeah, is Molinar. Absolutely. And so is D.J. Stewart. Who I thought played much better than he in game from game two to game one. I thought he played much better. Yeah, I think DJ is going to be one of those guys that you're going to get into SEC play and you're going to have a lot of confidence in by the time I agree with January that. rolls around because yeah. he, he can do he, a little bit of everything. It seems. Yeah, he, he's like I, like Howland praising post game. I mean, he he's not just a scorer. I mean, he he plays hard on both ends of the court. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how he progresses for sure. And they haven't. Uh... He hasn't shown that. I thought he was more of a three-pointer specialist than he is, but I, I. But he does shoot the ball okay. So, just for the record, you were right about Jalen Steele, but there was another two guard. Do you remember who it was? Mm. You're, you're going to be sad when you when I say his name. You should know it. He wasn't particularly good, but he was just memorable. Who? Brian Bryant. Oh. Same. As soon as I saw him, I was like, oh. I was right about Sydney. He only he only got 22 minutes a game of the starters. He was the low man. So, uh, but then you had Moultrie, Bost, and Hood all over 33 minutes a game. You just can't have that. Um, so, yeah, the men's team's 2 0. Women start off 1 0. I didn't, neither one of us covered that game, so I can't give you too much detail about it other than they won big as they always do. Uh, the game was close early, but they eventually piled it on. Seems like that's always the case for women's basketball. Like, there's going to be like a quarter where it's kind of close, yeah. and then from then on, they just beat unless the, crap the team up. is really, really bad. I remember last year when they played Coppin State, and it was like 41 to six after the first quarter, and I was just like, "Well, I've never actually witnessed a murder before, but I guess I'm here for this." Yeah. Uh, but of course, yeah, Chloe Bibby uh, was the leading scorer for the Bulldogs. And that's obviously a very good sign. She looks like she's all the way back from injury. They played a lot of players, got a good number of minutes in that game, including all of these freshmen. Um, this is going to be an interesting team. Uh, I think you can, you know, we talk about how good they're going to be. I mean, they have the probably a Sweet 16, Elite 8 kind of ceiling. They will eventually run into a team like UConn or like, did you see what Oregon did, by the way? I did not. They beat the U.S. women's team. The team that miss, the U.S. will send to the Olympics. Yeah. Full of pros. They beat them. 
They put 93 up on them. I mean, it's national championship or bust for Oregon. They really it's is. Just, yeah. Oregon is what Mississippi State was two seasons ago. They brought back everybody they expect to win. If they don't win, they, 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 you can count that as a disappointment. I never, I didn't count State's first run at the national title as a disappointment. They beat UConn. You know, they, 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 that was a tough thing to come come off of and have to play another game. And I maintain beating UConn was, the was bigger than the national. It really title. was. I know that, that if that, State had beaten, if if South Carolina had beaten UConn and State had somehow still won the national title. It wouldn't be as memorable for whatever reason, nationally especially. I guarantee you, you walk around this country today, and if you if you put out a poll of who won that national title that year, not very many people could tell you South Carolina won that national title. I mean, diehard women's basketball fans probably could, yeah, but just your casual sports fan. Yeah. But if you ask who ended UConn's undefeated streak, right, know. people know. And then, but then the next year, I felt like that was a disappointment to lose. You know that team was loaded. They were they were ready to win, and and they just didn't get it done. I, and I, I would imagine that Vic Schaefer would probably agree with me without without knowing. But uh, this women's team, I'll get my first real look at them uh, tonight or or Monday night whenever you're listening, uh, because uh, they play. Uh, who do they have? I, I had it up just a second ago. Uh, UT Martin, not to be confused with UT Chattanooga. <laughs> So and that'll be a, a speaking of Veterans Day, military appreciation night. If you're listening and you're in the Golden Triangle, uh, free admission with your military ID. That includes veterans uh, as well. All right, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Joe Moorhead press conference. We'll hear what he had to say. We'll do our SEC picks. Where you get, you get to you get to gloat a little bit. Four. <laughs> yeah, world of hurt now. I Separation mean, I- Saturday. Separated all right. I absolutely could not believe. Like it didn't surprise me that you got would get three out of four or something like right. that. But for you to get all four, let me tell you that last the last minute of the last two games. Oh, it, it, there was a moment there where it could have well, went either way. South with both Carolina's of them. driving and Tennessee's backed up against the goal line. I'm like, I'm gonna lose both of these. And we're just gonna, gonna be, be even tied. again. Yeah. And then it just worked out. Yeah. And I was very surprised. Yeah. So, so uh, I'm gonna have to, uh, you know, count on some dramatic. Unexpected things. I can't to wait happen. for you to pick Western Carolina against Alabama. Just trying to catch up with me. Anything could happen. All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.